Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another radically optimistic episode of the XPRIZE Future Positive Podcast. I'm Peter Diamandis, founder and executive chairman of the XPRIZE Foundation. Food security is a complex, multifaceted issue influenced by culture, environment, and geographic location. Our guest today, His Excellency Faisal al an award-winning tech leader in the Middle East, plays an instrumental role in building Abu Dhabi's food system through breakthrough innovations that solve food insecurity. His Excellency is the Secretary General for the Advanced Technology Research Council, the technology program management pillar of Aspire, a breakthrough research and tech hub for Abu Dhabi's government and a first of its kind in all of the Middle East. Your Excellency, welcome. Uh, Good afternoon to you. Good morning here. Good morning and good afternoon. Hi, Peter. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. And first, let me uh, thank you and your team, uh, and also Tony Robbins, who's one of the co-funders uh, and sponsors for helping launch this XPRIZE in December of 2020. Uh, and uh, I'm super excited about, about this. You know, As we think about the world's biggest problems, how do we create abundance in the world? How do we uplift every man, woman, and child? You know, it it comes down really to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, providing people with the food, water, shelter, energy, healthcare, education, communications, knowledge. And food has always been uh, a challenging one. And I think um, uh, it's it's also been an area of focus for uh, for the Emirates, for for UAE. Can you speak a little bit about uh, the the thinking that's been going on there and the work that's been going in? Uh, and in food security that you've been helping to lead. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. And again, thank you, Peter, for uh, this discussion today. Um, I mean, as we all know, I mean, we live in a part of the world where uh, water is scarce. Uh, there is heavy reliance on water desalination. Um, we would not necessarily have a lot of fertile land uh, around. And uh, food security is in the agenda of many nations uh, in, in this regard. And UAE has been investing very heavily in innovations around food and food security for itself, but really more for the global context in, in that regard. And it's a critical part in the UAE National Food Security Strategy 2051. So it plays a vital role in the country strategy 
Uh, it plays a vital role in our food uh, security due to the type of resources that we have. And hence, Abu Dhabi has been pioneering in agri-tech and really investing in various forms uh, to, to develop food sources, to develop innovations in food agriculture uh, in, in that regard. And um, being that UAE is also a global hub, a logistic hub, UAE wants to see itself as a supporter to many nations of really providing to their food security in, in this regard. So um, uh, food is in the center of our agenda and we are investing quite heavily in it in, in this area. I, I believe that, especially as the population of, of the Emirates grows, as people <clears throat> from around the world are, are coming there. There's a, there's a term that um, I've been reading about called the Global Food Security Index that uh, is produced by the Economist Intelligence Unit, and it ranks countries annually by studying the question, how secures their food? And for our listeners, can you share exactly what this global food security index means um, and how the teams competing can be using this uh, this concept? I think the, the, what the index uh, measures, it measures a number of, of, of parameters that go into this uh, score, from food affordability to its availability to the consumption, food loss uh, and, and food wastage, including then agriculture infrastructure, uh, public expenditure on R&D in, in, in this area. So it takes in a number of parameters in terms of the, the quality and sustainability of food and then what kind of investment and infrastructure uh, is, uh, is, is each country um, uh, involved in, 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 in this regard. And within all of these parameters, the, the combined score, that's where UAE comes as, as 21. And I think it's a... It's a good reference a number to be able to look at, you know, food security and, uh, you know, uh, from an overall index weighing a number of parameters in that regard. And I think it's, uh, it's a good balance measure uh, taking in consideration a number of elements. And, and let's dive in one second because uh, Aspire is our, is our partner there and, uh, and helping to, to fund this. Can you speak to what Aspire's mission is? And, and then uh, I really want to get a little bit into what the, the details are around this competition and get your, your feedback there, uh, really with the goal of helping people listening to um, uh, motivate them to either compete or to watch this competition unfold because it's going to change the landscape of, of, of how we feed the world. But first, tell us about Aspire. So Aspire, uh, you know, a good way of explaining what Aspire is, is imagine it's a, it's a think tank that, or, or, or a team that's really working on future transformative technologies to address practical needs. So Aspire is part of the Advanced Technology Research Council. And this uh, research council was formed sometime in the summer of last year. And the main mandate of, of the council is to really help and nurture building research, but building research uh, uh, in the applied field. So we're really looking at solving real problem statements that people are facing or entities or countries are facing today or things that we think they'll be facing uh, down the line. So under the Research Council, there is uh, Aspire, which is really this entity 
that's in charge of framing problem statements, either problems that exist today or anticipated problem statements, and then work on launching grand challenges or launching and to work with research centers to address uh, these, uh, these challenges in various fields. And its sister entity uh, under the Research Council is TII, which is the Technology Innovation Institute, which has multiple centers from quantum technology to autonomous to uh, crypto to uh, a number of, of fields that we have. Around seven centers were launched. And they work hand in hand, frankly, in addressing a lot of demanding problem statement and demanding challenges through introducing advanced technology in, in that field. And hence, how Aspire comes into this picture is one of the topics we're definitely interested in is food security and food innovation uh, in, in, in this space. And hence, I think the partnership with the XPRIZE, I think, is an ideal partnership for us because it serves the, the umbrella goal that, that we have in terms of pushing the envelope and, and gathering bright minds from around the world to address specific problem statements. And I think uh, food security is a problem statement that touches every country and uh, finding alternatives to traditional food sources is a critical matter that is, uh, is quite high in the Aspire agenda. And, and as Secretary General of, of, the, uh, of the Council, um, I'm curious, uh, what background did you have that landed you into that leadership position? Have, um, have you been on the technology side, on the government side? What is it that, uh, uh, that you were doing prior to this? Well, um, I would say up to uh, two years ago, uh, I was in the private uh, world. So uh, earlier in my uh, career in terms of industries, whatever, I was in the mobility and, and telecommunication sector, where I've set up a company that, uh, that focuses on mobility and, and, and comms. Uh, later on, I've set up a company that focuses on cybersecurity space and, and digital security. And after that, uh, I would say I was uh, fortunate and, and humbled enough to be asked uh, uh, by the government to look into various companies when it comes to advanced technology. One of them is Edge, which is the, uh, an entity in charge of advanced technology in the defense sector. And the other role that I was humbled to be asked to, to look into was the setting up of the Advanced Technology Research Council. So I would say this role, this is the first time I moved from owning the business to actually being an, an employee. <laughs> so it's uh, quite a change, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> that regard from a, but you're the employee. You're the employee of, a, of an incredible nation. I'm, uh, and I am. Uh, I would say I'm a very fortunate employee to be asked to be involved in this uh, mission in this regard. I think the mission is massive. Uh, uh, being involved in 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 moving the needle or trying to contribute to move the needle in creating an advanced technology hub and a research hub in the UAE and in the region, and really becoming a beacon of hope to a lot of young talent, not just from the UAE, but from, I mean, we are we are surrounded by, uh, you know, I would say the population of half the world at least is around us. And uh, being another destination for advanced technology and pushing the envelope of advanced technology is a, is a, is a dream job for anyone in that regard. So I'm more than happy to switch from owning 
my own business to really being an employee in this uh, fortunate job. And I don't know that most of our listeners really can appreciate how far the Emirates have gone in the last, you know, 50 years from, uh, you know, I have many of my friends in the Emirates who are extraordinarily successful today in across industries, but they grew up in a dirt floor, one room home. And that was, that was a, that was the way the world was in the Emirates 50 years ago. And to go and see the extraordinary technologies being developed to everything from, you know, the tallest buildings in the world to uh, missions around Mars in such a rapid, uh, how do you, how do you deal with this rate of change? It is, it is extraordinary, Your Excellency. I think, uh, as you mentioned, for a country, I mean, we are not celebrating our 50 years. For a country to go through such a massive transformation uh, in terms of education, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of uh, security, in terms of the environment that you know people are living in in, in, in this regard. Uh, I remember when I was studying abroad and I was coming back for my Christmas holidays and summer holidays, I would spend the first two days just driving across town just to see what is new. And that's just between semester to semester, you know, coming back, coming back home. At least I would spend two days just wandering around, around the city just to see, you know, what new road, what new facility has come up. And the rate of change, and I think we are in a, such a fortunate time where there has been massive investment in infrastructure. There's been massive investment in, as you said, health, security, education, but we are in a very interesting time of the country where a lot of foundational things were built and we all now take it for granted where, forget 50 years ago, even 30 years ago, they didn't really exist in the same manner. But now we're in a phase where the country has set its eyes very aggressively from the top leadership and all the way down to saying we are moving to a knowledge economy. And we need to be ready for the last barrel of oil coming out. Now that we have a great education foundation, health foundation, ecosystem for people to live in, it's an it's a extremely cosmopolitan country in this regard. What are we doing to push the envelope for us to move to a knowledge economy? And I think things like the Advanced Technology Research Council or EDGE. I mean, many guys, when we launched EDGE nearly two years ago, I mean, a year and a half ago, many said, oh, you're launching Edge because you're trying to build products for the defense sector. Uh, yes, but actually the other equally as important reason why Edge was launched, it becomes another anchor piece to bring in people from the country and around the region to work on advanced technology. Because at the end of the day, if you want to move yourself to knowledge economy, you need industry, you need research center, you need universities, you need people like yourself and others that you're working with in a wider ecosystem when it comes to researching advanced technology to really move the needle. And I think in the next five to 10 years, the kind of change you will see in this country and the, and the ambitious programs when it comes to research and advanced technology, I think will be second to none compared to what's happening because everyone in the country, starting from the leadership, is providing a disproportionate amount of time on this topic. It's uh, it really is uh, uh, breathtaking how fast things have have evolved and and developed. And I've been to the uh, 
to the Emirates and the region, God, 15, 20 times already. And just my own over the last 20 years, just seeing uh, not just the uh, development of the tech uh, or the application of the capital, but the the ambition of the leadership uh, for embracing this technology is extraordinary. Let's talk about uh, feeding the next billion. So this is an interesting competition, uh, which I'm very proud we've launched. It's been a conversation for a while. You know, as we're increasing abundance on the planet, as we are moving people out of uh, out of extreme poverty uh, and into the middle class, there is an increasing desire for high quality protein. And um, the challenge is that we're using one third of the non-ice landmass of the planet right now to grow livestock. Uh, this is a planet not of humans, but of chickens and pigs and cows. And, and it's, you know, uh, not sustainable as people um, as more and more people can afford better and better food. And there's an ethical moral issue to say, well, you can't have it, but we can. And at the same time, we're overfishing our oceans. We've destroyed uh, or fished away the majority, you know, 80% plus, 90% plus of the large uh, fish on the, on the planet. Um, and again, our rate of growth is not sustainable. So this is a competition for our, our listeners that's asking. It's a $15 million competition. And again, thank you uh, uh, for, um, for the Emirates and for Tony Robbins for supporting this. But it's $15 million uh, X Prize. We call it Feed the Next Billion. And it's to develop sustainable plant-based, plant-based and or cell-based proteins, uh, which will fundamentally improve food security um, as well as environmental sustainability, as well as animal welfare, uh, with a focus on chicken and fish. Um, what are your What are your thoughts about about this, and and how excited uh, are you and your colleagues about this competition? I think it's quite an exciting competition. I know, and you know, I'm sure you're more than familiar with it. That there has been a lot of work done on meat replacement and you know beef replacement items uh, in in that regard and there has been a number of good products you know at least coming out in the market in this space but when it comes to chicken and fish there still seems to be um, there still seems to be a gap or let's call it a lack of maturity in terms of the products compared to the beef side or the meat side uh, of it in that regard so a competition that's saying you know, you need to you need to have a product or a fillet of somewhere around close to 100 grams. You know, between 85 to 115 grams, and, and, and that it has the same, you know, sensory properties, the same structure, the same, you know, nutrition profile as chicken and fish. I think we'd offer uh, uh, another alternative uh, for a lot of people in, in that regard, and if it can be achieved with the right footprint in terms of the environment. Uh, and uh, I think an investment in that area uh, was just lacking behind just due to focus before. And I think with the partnership with the X Prize, it's nothing other than really giving this an extra boost and really turbocharging this initiative in this regard for more people to look at. And I'm pretty sure this will not be the last initiative in this area, but I think it will jumpstart 
more awareness uh, and more research to be done in terms of this product category in, in, in this regard. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that our $10 million space prize, the Ansari X prize, uh, uh, jump-started what we see now with Richard Branson and Virgin Galactic and Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin and Elon and SpaceX. You know, that's our mission here is to inspire and guide teams, to nucleate the teams to uh, to do that. And also, uh, I think very importantly, and you're going to play a role in this, having the national laws allow for these products to be manufactured and sold because we can create technology breakthroughs, but a lot of times you need to also cause regulatory breakthroughs and cultural breakthroughs where governments allow for this and and people accept it and 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 baseline it what are your thoughts about that absolutely see i think one of the things um, uh, uh, that uh, you know i explained to a number of, of colleagues in terms of how we are structured to enable you know what we want to do you know, you have a lot of large countries, the mega countries in that regard. They have a lot of assets and they have a lot of things going for them. But you also have, a, but then they have their own challenges, which is a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of uh, uh, infrastructure and entities that they have to navigate the maze of getting things approved or passing laws or aligning the entire ecosystem. I think what's interesting about our situation is we are not too large to be too bureaucratic and too complex. And we are not too small to be irrelevant. We are of a sweet, interesting size that we are relevant, but the ecosystem is what we refer to is by investing in this research. And if we are finding it interesting, the country very quickly can adapt itself to issue laws, allow for more trials, um, allow the ecosystem for such things to flourish. And I think that's, where we are trying to position ourselves is we are of the right size, we are of the right nimble nature. I think it's perfect, but we are uh, the definition of being agile as a country, where if we want to play in the space, we are willing to come up with laws, we're willing to support the infrastructure, we're willing to take the risk on few initiatives that really helps accelerate and become an interesting showcase and in, in this regard, in line with what you just mentioned, that you don't just have to do this research, but you need to allow the environment for these products then to nurture and to be grown and to be accepted, uh, to be to be consumed. Let's take a second uh, for our, our listeners and actually uh, drill into the XPRIZE uh, competition rules here. So um, uh, let's take it one piece at a time. The winning team is going to have to develop a new generation of alternative chicken breast and fish filet. And like you said, there are a number of very successful beef programs uh, in place, both plant-based and cellular. Uh, chicken and fish have been uh, lagging. And as we did the research for this competition, that's why we, we jointly agreed to focus in that. And the goal is to allow humanity to feed the next billion people economically and in an environmentally sustainable fashion. So every team that competes, and if you're a food scientist or an entrepreneur, um, uh, just someone who's interested in this competition, you're going to have through December of this year uh, to register. Um, you'll, your team is going to have to deliver 25 servings, um, as as Your Excellency said, 100 grams, which for the Americans and 
some of the some of the uh, uh, Canadians that's three and a half, three to four ounces. Yeah, three and a half ounces of uh, yeah, three to four ounces of a of a chicken breast, um, and twenty five servings. Uh, again, three to four ounces, one hundred grams of a fish fillet. So twenty five of each, and and these servings are going to be cooked by a group of celebrity chefs. And then judged in head-to-head blind tasting competition. So that's going to be the that's going to be the fun part when we literally have uh, have people competing to see. Uh, yeah, which, who knows? Maybe which, it tastes maybe it tastes better than chicken, as they say. Maybe. Well, you know, <laughs> one of the questions is why not make something that is tastes better, is cheaper, is healthier for you, and better for the planet. That's the goal. Absolutely. Yeah, and and so there's a couple of parameters besides delivering this that tastes and texture um, cost, we're going to require that uh, the winning team be able to demonstrate that at scale, their fish or chicken solution is going to be at least 50% uh, uh, lower cost at scale. Uh, We're also going to require that the winning team solution be able to demonstrate that they're going to have a reduced footprint environmental footprint of at least 50%. And this is water use, land use, and carbon uh, uh, carbon input to the atmosphere. Um, and then finally, in this competition, it turns out that a lot of the cell-based products, uh, where you're taking a stem cell from a piece of meat, from a chicken or fish, and then you're growing that cell into muscle tissue, which is what typically meat is, um, if you're growing, typically these, these cellular agriculture, as it's called, um, is grown in something like, um, fetal bovine uh, serum, which, which is derived from living animals. And that just doesn't scale and isn't, uh, isn't going to be, you know, sort of, uh, from a animal welfare standpoint acceptable. So there's a $2 million, uh, prize as well to the team that develops bonus a, price. Yeah. Bonus prize. Exactly. Uh, for the team that develops a whole animal uh, origin-free growth medium, a growth medium that the cells can grow in that doesn't come from an animal, and uh, and that's super important. So um, I'm I'm curious, uh, any of these particular rules that you want to uh, uh, add any texture or comments on? No, I think as you said, the the aim is to develop a product that is can be produced at scale, uh, a product that at the end of the day, as you said, the fun part is the celebrity chef cooking them, but things that people would feel that they are not really compromising by eating. <laughs> that regard. Yes, right? exactly. At the end of the day, if you compromise by trying to eat it, yeah, maybe a certain percentage of people will, but you know, the vast majority won't. So the aim is to really achieve something that can be done at scale, something that you do not feel compromised at all. I mean, I remember a few days ago, maybe a month or so ago, I was eating a, a, a burger and I ordered a normal beef burger. I ordered one of the, the you know, veggie-based burgers in that regard, or let's call it non, non-beef-based. Honestly, if you someone did not tell me this was a non-beef burger, I could not tell the difference. So I did not Amazing. feel I was compromising in eating it in that regard. And I think if 
you achieve similar things when it comes to fish and chicken and all of that. I think that will, of course, ensuring that you are delivering the lower footprint and uh, you know the lower tax on on the environment. Uh, I think you have the winning formula. I think uh, we are still at the early stages, but such a program I think can can jumpstart a number of other initiatives, and demands are quite high. People just want a good alternative they don't feel they compromise on. Yeah, I, I fully agree. If again, it's it's even like the electric car business, right? If uh, I I I have a couple of electric cars, and I don't, there's no compromise there for me. The cars are as good; they're better performing. It's easier for me, and so forth. And so it's easy to switch. Um, and if the if the fish or chicken product here is is taste as good or better, it's healthier for you. It's healthier for the environment. It's cheaper. Um, why wouldn't you? So it's the, you know, you're never going to mandate what people eat. Um, so make it just more attractive for them. Uh, and I, I agree. So uh, as of right now, just to, to share, um, uh, we have uh, 28 teams from 14 countries that are at this stage in the competition. Again, uh, if someone is, is interested, we are, we are open for the next uh, few months. Uh, we have 10 teams from the United States, four from Canada, two from India, two from Japan, and one from each of these countries, Argentina, Austria, Singapore, China, Estonia, France, South Africa, South Korea, New Zealand, and the UK. Uh, about uh, half the teams are focused on plant-based approaches and half are focused on cellular uh, uh, agriculture, cell-based approaches half the teams on fish, half the teams on chicken. And we have uh, six of the teams led by uh, women CEOs, which is always very cool. Um, you know, I'm, I think one of the most interesting things about these competitions are in the final result where you can manufacture the food. You know, right now you're not going to bring, uh, you know, a million uh, uh heads of of uh, of chicken or fish uh into uh into the emirates but you could bring a cellular manufacturing plant into the emirates absolutely um i think um, the kind of investment that the country in general from an appetite point of view that's doing in uh, tech agriculture and the various technologies and different greenhouses and other things i think the appetite here if they see interesting potential in some of these products and solutions, I think there's quite a high appetite for a number of uh, investors, including the government, to really invest in such uh, solutions and such applications. Yeah. Um, you know, as we, as we wrap up our, our session here, I, I want to uh, just share some of the stats um, that uh, that are driving this. So according to the United Nations, by 2050, so in the next 30 years, the Earth's population will reach uh, 10 billion. Uh, and we really are going to have an additional billion plus mouths to feed on the planet. And again, at the same time, every year, and people sometimes are incredulous about this, every year, there are more people moving out of poverty into the middle class and they're able to afford better quality food and the demand goes up. So the number of livestock on the world goes up and 
And where you grow those livestock uh, means you're tearing down more forest land. Um, and it's, it truly is not sustainable. So, you know, meat production practices have devastating impacts. You know, uh, 50% of all habitable lands uh, and meat production currently uses 70% of available water used for agriculture. People don't realize that, <clears throat> you know, you need to feed the animals, which means you have to grow the the food for the animals. And it it's just taking a tremendous amount of the water and the land on the planet to feed and then to grow those animals. It's, um, it's pretty extraordinary. One other stat, every year, uh, nearly 700 million people, uh, you know, 0.7 billion go hungry and around 2 billion lack regular access to safe and nutritious food. We have a big problem right now and it's going to get bigger. Well, absolutely. Your Excellency, uh, <clears throat> uh, thank you again for your support uh, and uh, we're excited. I'm excited to uh, hopefully be one of the observers uh, as we uh, have those celebrity chefs Absolutely. I'm looking, I'm looking forward for that uh, session. <laughs> I wish you a, a, beautiful, a beautiful day and week ahead and uh, looking forward uh, to the impact we can have together. Um, everybody, thank you for listening uh, to this podcast. And, and please go ahead and, and check out uh, this competition on the xprize.org website. Um, and if you're interested in learning more, um, you can send an email uh, to um, feedthenextbillion at xprize.org, and we are happy to follow up with you and give you additional details at feedthenextbillion at xprize.org. Your Excellency, take care, my friend. Thank you again. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.